Thanks for watching today. Throughout the program, you will notice this graphic. It's there so you know that we'd love to pray with you. You can give us a call or go online. Also, this is a great way to keep in touch with us. So many people believe that God is the writer of life, all things coming from Him, including sickness. But really, that is a wrong perception. The Bible tells us that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Cancer, broken bones, mental health, all sickness and disease come from Him. Find out how to resist the devil and receive healing in today's message, Faith for Healing. Now, what God did was He foresaw your need, my need, thousands of years ago. In fact, He foresaw our need and His solution was Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus was as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. In other words, before God even created this world, He saw our need. He had a plan. That plan was Jesus. In Romans 1.16, Paul writes and says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it, the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Now, I've heard people say, well, we just need to pray. We just need to do this. We need to do that. But the truth is, God's power is released through the gospel. The gospel is the power unto salvation. Now, uh, Dr. Schofield in his notes on Romans 1.16 makes mention that both in Hebrew and in Greek, the word salvation, it is the all-inclusive word. It covers not just salvation, but deliverance. It covers protection. It covers healing. It covers soundness. It covers provision. That word, it's all-inclusive. Now, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. We can say it this way, that when you believe the message of the gospel, the power of the event of the gospel happens to you. When you believe in faith the gospel, the power of the event that the gospel is talking about is made available to you. Remember the Bible says the gospel, it is the power of God unto salvation, right? And of course, we have a loving father. In fact, Jesus in Luke 11 said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father? Your father in heaven is going to give good gifts. And of course, every one of us, if we look at our children and there was something we could do to help them, how many of you would do it? And God, how much more? So in Acts 10, 38, it says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Now, somebody says, what kind of power was it? Well, we know what kind of power it was. The woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5 comes up behind Jesus, touches his clothes, and the Bible says, different translations say a little different. Some translations say virtue. Most translations say power went out of him. And it went into her and it healed her. So if the power healed her, what kind of power was it? Healing power. He anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all. Now, notice two things there. Healing is good. And how many did he heal? All. And here's a big one. Who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. 
So many times we think, well, God is the author. God is the one who sends sickness. But everybody Jesus healed was oppressed by the devil. Now, that doesn't mean they had a demon. That simply means the way that sickness and disease came into the world is through Satan's work. It's not God's work. It's Satan's work. They were oppressed not by God, but by the devil. Well, in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 1, we find Jesus has just finished the Sermon on the Mount. And he finishes, and when he had come down from the mountain, a great multitude followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, you may have heard me talk about this before, but this man represents so many people today. This man represents everybody who has the same thought. God, I know you can heal me. I just don't know if you want to heal me. And Jesus is going to answer the question for time and memorial right here. If you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. In one translation, Jesus actually says, of course I will. Of course I will. So if you've had the question, I, I know he can, but I don't know if he wants to. Jesus just answered that question. Right? The answer is yes. In Psalms 138, it's, it's one of the easiest Psalms to, uh, to memorize because half of it is the same every, time, every verse. Half of it just keeps on saying, his love endures forever. Right? And uh, the, the, the Hebrew word there is his covenant love. His covenant-keeping love. But it says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for his good, for his mercy, his covenant-keeping love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of God for his mercy, his covenant-keeping love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords for his mercy, his covenant-keeping love endures forever. To him alone who does great wonders for his mercy, his covenant-keeping love endures forever forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens for his mercy, his covenant keeping love endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters for his mercy, his covenant keeping love endures forever. And David just cannot get off the subject that God's covenant keeping love, it endures forever. Right? And by the way, your Bible is divided into two sections, an old covenant and a new covenant. The night Jesus was betrayed, he took that cup and he said, this is the blood, this is the seal of the new covenant. You are in a covenant relationship with God and his covenant love, his mercy towards you, towards me, it endures forever. Now in Mark chapter five, there's the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And I want to take a minute and read this story. It says, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians. She had spent all she had. She was no better, but rather grew worse. You know, when you have a condition a long time, you can just get used to it and just figure this is going to be permanent. And as she's trying, she spends all her money. She doesn't get any better. The condition just grows worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I can touch his clothes, 
I shall or will be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? But he looked around to see who, who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told the whole multitude. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now listen, what made her well? Her faith made her well. If her faith made her well, your faith can make you well. Now what she did, she heard about Jesus. You say, well, what did she hear? Well, one of the things that she heard was that he was going about doing good healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And then she said, if I can just get close enough to even touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. And then here's the important thing I want you to catch here. And then she did it. She did it. And at that point, she believed, right? She released her faith, right? And, and here's the thing. Jesus didn't even know she was there. Jesus said, hey, who touched me? And Jesus is looking around. He doesn't know. Right? And the disciples say, look, there's thousands of people around here. Everybody's touching you. What do you mean? Who touched you? Everybody's touching you. But when she in faith reached out and believed and released her faith immediately, the power of God flowed to her and she was healed. We tend to think, well, I've got to get God's attention. The truth is, when you believe the message of the gospel, the power of the event is manifested in your life. Remember, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Now, let me give you another example of this in Acts 14. Now, it says that they're in Lystra and it says in there, they were preaching the gospel. They were preaching the gospel there, right? And in Lystra, a man without strength in his feet was sitting, crippled from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently and seeing he had faith to be healed. So first of all, Verse 7 says, and there they preached the gospel. I want to remind you that what Jesus did in his ministry, he would preach and teach, heal the sick, cast out devils. That's all Jesus did. Right? But when he sent out the 12, he told them to do the same thing. And when he sent them out, he said, heal the sick. When he sent out the 70, he said, heal the sick. When he sent out the church, Mark 16, he said, lay hands on the Sick. So Paul observed that and he knew I got to get this guy to release his faith. So Paul said, seeing he had faith to be healed, he said with a loud voice, he said, stand up straight on your feet. And the man released his faith and began to do what he could not do. And when he did, he released his faith, power of God hit him and he was healed. 
Jesus did the same thing in the synagogue. There's a man, the Bible says he's got a withered hand. And what does Jesus tell him to do? Stretch forth. Could he do that? Well, not without faith, he couldn't. But when he did, in faith, what he could not naturally do, healing came. And one of the things that so often happens is we just keep hearing and hearing and hearing, but we don't release our faith. There has to be a point where you stop saying, I'm going to get healed, and you say, I believe I receive right now. I believe I receive now. There's got to be that point. And really, that's the difference between hope and faith. Hope says, I'm going to get it. Faith says, I receive it now. I've got it. When it comes to salvation, we all know this is true. How many of you know you do not need some special manifestation to get saved? All you need to do is believe. Romans 10, verse 9, if you will confess with your mouth Jesus as your Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You, you don't need to get God's back. Hey, God, do something to save me. Please save me. How many of you know he did everything to save you 2,000 years ago? And what we need to do is we need to believe it, confess it, walk in it, and we've got it. Right? Now, the same thing is true when it comes to the subject of healing. We're like, God! And he's like, I did it already! He himself bore your sicknesses, carried your diseases, and by his stripes you were healed. Yeah, but if it's God's will, why hasn't it happened? Well, 1 Timothy 2.24 says that God desires or wills all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. How many of you know God wants everybody saved, but everybody's not because they haven't received it. But it's there, it's paid for, it's available. That's why it says back in Psalms 103 in verse 2 that he forgives all your iniquities and he heals all of our diseases because Jesus took care of both of them the same place, same time, at Calvary 2,000 years ago. Matthew 8, verse 16. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirit with the word, and he healed all who were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now, Isaiah 53 is literally Isaiah looking down that prophetic telescope and he sees Jesus go to the cross and he says he took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. It was done at the cross. So Matthew 4, verse 24, then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed and epileptics and paralytics and he healed them. How many did they bring? They brought all. All right. Here's, here's what some of us think they must have done. They must have found a sick person and they must have prayed and said, God, is it your will to heal this one? If it is, we'll bring them. If it's not, we'll leave them. But the Bible says every sick person they found, they brought with everything and he healed all that were sick. All right. Now, 
if it was God's will to heal all that were sick then, it's God's will to heal all that were sick now. If you had been there then, you'd have gotten sick. You'd have gotten healed. And God's will does not change because of time or geography. It's the same. Matthew 8, 16 again. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. He cast out the spirit with the word. He healed all who were sick. But Matthew 12, 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there. A great multitude followed him, and he healed them all. Luke 4, verse 40. When the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him. He laid his hands on them and every one of, every one of them and healed them. Luke 6, 19. And the whole multitude sought to touch him. Power went out from him and healed them all. Acts 5. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Now, wherever Jesus went, he healed them all with one exception. And I want to just look at this exception a minute so we can make sure we're not part of the exception. This is in Mark chapter 6. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astounded, saying, where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Now, he is in Nazareth, his hometown, right? And they said, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Jose and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? They were offended at him, at Jesus. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and his own house. Now listen. Now, he could, he could do no mighty work there. Now, it didn't say he wouldn't. It said he couldn't. Now, this really can mess with us. I remember the first time I saw this, I thought, no, that can't be right. I checked a different translation. It said the same thing. Right? And he could do no mighty work there. Now, we're talking about Jesus, who is anointed with the Holy Ghost in power, who goes about doing good, healing all that are oppressed of the devil, because God's with him. God's with him. But he could there do no mighty work. It says, except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. E.W. Vine in his expository dictionary of New Testament words brings out, he says, the people that Jesus healed here, he says, you could literally put in there of minor ailments. It's like they had warts, something like that, right? And he marveled because of their unbelief. So Jesus, anointed with the Holy Ghost and power to heal, could not do a healing there because of their unbelief. Unbelief will keep God's will from happening in our life, right? So what did Jesus do? He marveled because of their unbelief. And look, he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. You see, the cure to unbelief is teaching because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In Luke chapter 13, He's in the synagogue on the Sabbath. He's preaching. 
It says, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. She was bowed together or bowed down and could in no wise lift herself up. So she's bent over and she cannot lift herself up. When Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, the woman, you are loosed of your infirmity. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. And he said to the people, there are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrite. Doesn't each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to watering? Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day? Now, notice a couple things about this. The Bible, Jesus said that Satan had bound her for 18 years. And he said that she should be healed. And the reason she should be healed is because she is a daughter of Abraham. And may I remind you that Galatians 3 verse 29 says, if you be Christ's then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. He's talking about the covenant. And he said, because she's a covenant woman, she's part of that Abrahamic covenant, healing should belong to her. Right? When that Syrophoenician woman came and said, heal my daughter, Jesus said that healing was the children's bread. If you're a child of God, if you're a believer, you're a part of the covenant and healing belongs to you. Right? We need to recognize that. So what does Jesus do? He ministers healing to her and she's healed. I think it's really interesting. The Bible says that, that everybody notices and they glorify God. They glorify God. They rejoice and they glorify him for the things that had been done by Jesus. Some people think, well, I'm suffering for the glory of God. In the Bible, God gets glory when we're healed. He gets glory when we're healed because he is not the author of sickness and disease. When the angel came to the Virgin Mary and said, you're going to have a child. She said, well, how can that be? And he said, well, the spirit of God's going to come on you and he's going to overshadow you. And he began to describe what's going to happen. And this is what Mary said. He said, be it unto me according to your word. Be it unto me according to to your word. You know, that's what faith says. Faith says, whatever God says about my situation, that is how it's going to be in my life. If God says I'm healed, I'm healed. If he says I'm saved, I'm saved. If he says I'm delivered, I'm delivered. If he says I'm righteous, I'm righteous. I am who God says that I am. And let me just remind you, so often the reason we don't receive is because of unbelief or is because of passivity. You know, Jesus said the kingdom of God suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. They take it by force, right? And uh, faith does something, all right? I've said this before. The first thing that faith will ever move is your mouth. Jesus said 
Verily I say unto you that whosoever will say to this mountain, it's, your faith needs to move your mouth. It needs to move you, right? And Jesus talks about the two men who went into the temple to pray. And, and here's what I've, I've heard people say, well, you know, so-and-so, they just deserve to be healed. They deserve it because they're good Christians and they work in the children's church or they do this or they do that. You know, you don't get healing or receive healing because you deserve it. You get it by grace through faith. The exact same way that you get saved. Jesus tells the story of two men who go to the temple to pray. One is a Pharisee and he prays and he says, God, I just thank you that I'm so good that I tithe, that I fast twice a week, that I'm not like other people, that I don't cheat, lie, and steal. I'm not like that tax collector over there. And the tax collector, he's beating himself, just saying, oh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said it was the tax collector, not the Pharisee, who went to his house justified. Now, the Pharisee did all the right stuff. But how many of you know you're not justified by the stuff that you do? You're justified by grace through faith. See, we, we can think, well, I deserve it. It's not a matter of deserve. It's a matter of receiving, right? And we receive by grace through faith. It's not something that you earn any more than salvation is something that we earn. The Lord is gracious. He's full of compassion. He's slow to anger, and he is great in mercy. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, abounding in mercy and loving kindness. And it says that he's full, he's gracious, he's full of compassion. It literally means that he is eager to do you good. He is disposed to do favors. You know, the greatest miracle, the greatest healing that can ever happen to anyone is for their heart to be healed, to be made right with God. And if you're watching today and you're away from the Lord, you don't know where you stand with God. You say, I need forgiveness. I want to be right with God. I want to invite you to bow your head and to pray this prayer from your heart. Simply say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins and I believe he rose again. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm going to live for him every day. And I thank you that you have heard my prayer, that I'm forgiven, my past is gone, that I am your child now, on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, we'd love to get you a copy of his book, Your New Life. He wrote this book to help you continue on your journey to take the next steps in your walk with God. You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and download it absolutely free. While online, you can purchase a copy of today's message, Faith for Healing, in the WBF store. If this ministry is feeding you and blessing you spiritually, please consider becoming a partner with us. You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv give and click on the giving option that is right for you. Be blessed and have a wonderful week. Thank you.